in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 8. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is more rejoicing in in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are so blessed to be in your presence today. Lord, as I ask every week that you speak to us today through the message that you've given me to preach. And Lord, speak through me. Let me not get in the way of your message that you have for us today, but instead may we all place our full attention on the word that you've provided for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever lost something before? With the giggles, I'm assuming yes. Um, I, I have mastered the art of losing things. It's, I've mastered the art of losing things. I lose things all the time that if I were to give you example, like I can't even come up with enough examples to tell you how many times I've lost different things. And when I lose them, and you can ask Chloe because this is true, this is nothing but the truth. When I lose something, I get tunnel vision. I have to find it no matter what because it drives me insane to not know where it's at. I don't even have to need it in the moment. Just if I know that it's lost and I know where I left it and it's not there anymore, I have to know where it's at. And so I, I tear up the house trying to find whatever it is. That's, that's how I am. I tear up the entire house. Now, it doesn't look like a complete mess, but a mess is, is made for me to try and find these things. And you would think that I would marry someone who's good at not losing things. But I didn't. You see, when Chloe and I, we went to premarital counseling, the pastor, uh, her former pastor said, you guys are the exact same person. And that was so true because she loses things just as frequently as I do. The difference between us two is she finds it a whole lot faster than my little male brain can handle. And here's, here's what she loses. See, like, I lose a variety of things. This is how we're different. I lose a variety of things. I've lost my keys. I've lost, I can't even think off the top of my head, but I've lost a lot of things, right? <laughs> keys is just the, the easiest thing that comes to mind. She always, always, and I got permission to say this, always loses her phone. Now, what's different about it And what's different between us, I lose mine in completely different places, right? There is one, I'll tell myself, there was one week I lost my check from the church. And so I was calling Linda. I found it after I got a new one and then I ripped it up. So it's okay. You didn't pay me double for that week. But I lose like just random little things all the time. She only ever has lost her phone and she loses it so frequently Now, since we both have iPhones and we both have the little Apple Watch things, on your Apple Watch, if you have an iPhone, you can 
like swipe up and there's like a little button that you can push and what it does is it makes your phone make a noise so you can hear where it's at and it's extremely loud and annoying and I hear that thing 20 times every single day now here's another thing it's one of three places that she loses it and does she check those three places before she pings her phone no but it's always one of three places the kitchen counter where she's gone in, she's gotten her food, and she leaves her phone behind her, and then I'm still in there getting my food, and then I'll see the phone just right there on the counter. I'll go ding, 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 ding. I'm like, it's in here. Okay, can you bring it to Right, so, <laughs> and now I bring it to her. The other place that's most common is in between the couch cushions. Now, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. I have seen the phone sit there perfectly on the couch cushion and then just go, right in there it has a mind of its own it always just ends up in there but the last place always gets me it always makes me smile and just love her even more because the third place and this is probably the most common place that her phone is is under the blanket that she's currently using <laughs> a little bit folded over and know where it's at I can see like the corner of the phone so still ding 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 <laughs> tries to find it right the point of, of telling you those things is we all lose something at times but why do we want to find it right why do I find myself in this tunnel vision why does Chloe have this obsessive need to always try to locate her phone because it has value it has value you see my keys just as an example my keys have value to me because it gives me access to my house it gives me access to the truck so i can go and drive and without those like without my my keys i can't get anywhere and i can't get any in, in anything for with chloe and with me too there's value in a phone not just because of the price tag that it carried when we bought it but it, it gives her, there's some value in it that we can communicate with people that we don't often see. So for her, it's with her family who's here today. So she doesn't need the phone as much. But there's value in being able to contact your family members, to, to be able to talk to people who are states away. There's value in that. And when you lose it, it you, you, you want to go and find it because of the value that it carries. Whereas, maybe the shirt that you never wear, when you lose it, you don't care. That's why there's so many things in a lost and found bucket. Because people didn't actually value what they lost, and so they just left it there. And they left it around. And what we find as we continue through our series through Luke chapter 15, is these lost and found parables of Jesus. We come to this next parable. Last week, if you remember, if you were here, we talked about the lost sheep. And it was that the shepherd that had 99 sheep, he lost one of them. One of them ran away, wandered away, and he went and he searched it and he found it. This uh, next one that, that Luke provides that Jesus said was this parable of the lost coin. And so just to tell you real quick, it's a very short and sweet um, little, little parable that he has. So it's not hard to grasp the idea behind it, but just to remind you of what we read a few minutes ago, 
This woman has ten silver coins, and she loses one of them. When she finds the lost one, she celebrates. And that's kind of like a common outline for this entire chapter in three different ways. But she loses one of them. Now, I did the math for you, so you don't have to, you don't have to do any math today. If, if the woman lost one of the coins, she has nine coins left. I know, I'm a math genius. It, it's good. I, I did it for you. You don't have to worry about it. Now, why do I tell you that? Because she has more than what she lost. And it brings up this question, why worry about one when you have nine? If you had $10 in your wallet or in your purse, and you, you knew that you had $10, and you walked into the store and you only had nine. Now, would you, would you wonder where that one dollar went? Probably, yes. Would you tear up the entire house to find the one dollar? Maybe. Would you search the entire earth to try and find that one dollar? Probably not. Maybe you do, but probably not. You see, when you're, when you're looking at a dollar, it depends on your perspective and how valuable that dollar is to you. One dollar for a millionaire has a different type of value than, than a dollar for a kid. When I was a kid and I would get a dollar, I would cherish that dollar. I thought I was the richest man alive, that I had one dollar. Because that dollar, at the time, not so much now, but at the time could buy me an entire piece of candy, right? That's what I valued. See, now that I've grown up and the dollar, as, we've, as we age, kind of loses its value, as I've grown up, the dollar doesn't have as much value. For one, because I don't frequently eat candy, but for two, it's because there's bills. There, there's grocery trips. There's other expenses that come in that require more than one dollar. And so when I lose a dollar, I might be concerned, I might go and try and find it, but I'll eventually give up. I won't have very much of an urgency to go and find that dollar. And so it depends on our perspective, and it was the same for the coin. The coin at that time uh, was about a day's wage. That, that was the value, putting it in our terms, of what it would have been like. It would have been like a day's wage for, for a lower income family. And so when you would work for an entire day, you'd get one of these silver coins. It was called drachma. And for some, that silver coin was the matter of life and death. It was the matter of, am I going to be able to eat this week or not? But for others, the coin meant nothing. If they lost the silver coin, they're like, I have hundreds of silver coins. It doesn't matter. But for some, and so you see the perspective difference. If you have a lot of silver coins and, and you lose one versus when you don't have that much and this it is a matter of life and death, there's a lot more urgency when it comes to finding that lost coin. But also, we don't have urgency if we're satisfied with the nine. If we lose one, we're satisfied with the nine. If we're, if we're satisfied with what we have, then we're likely not going to pursue that lost coin for very long. But here's the thing. 
Just because the coin was lost doesn't mean that it lost its value. A $20 bill is still the same amount as a lost $20 bill. Now, it's not as effective because if the, if that $20 bill is not in your hands anymore, it's not going to be effective in buying you anything because it's lost. Whereas, uh, but, it, but it still holds its value. It's still $20. Just like this coin, even though it was lost, it was still worth a day's wage. But it was lost, and this woman pursued it to be found. And what I want you to see is that you too are valuable to God. You're valuable. You have value in Christ. And I know you've, you've known this for years. Some of you have known this for years. You've known that you're valuable, and maybe you haven't. But you are valuable to God. So no matter if you're struggling in your life, no matter if you find yourself lost at times, even when you're lost, you still have the same value of, in God's eyes. You didn't lose your value just simply because you found yourself lost. You found yourself in struggle, and you're, you're struggling with your faith. And if God chose us humans to bear his image, does that not give you value? That out of all of God's creation in Genesis, he said, I want humans to bear my image and likeness. Does that not add value to who you are sitting in the room right now? And what we find is our world is constantly trying to destroy that value that we find in Christ and build our value in other things. In the world that we live in today, your value is greatly based on how successful you are. Now, it's not all the things. There's actually like a lot of things. When I was thinking about this, and I, was, I asked Chloe for some help on this too, because there are just so many things that you can find valuable in a person and in people that it's hard to make a list. But, but what, we, what, what I decided on was, and Chloe helped me with the word, was successful. If you're really good at your job, you're successful and you hold value in your job. If you have a lot of money and you have a nice car and you have a nice house, you're successful in the world's eyes and you have value because of it. If you're a really successful listener, then you're really valued at listening. And so a lot of the things that we find value in the world and what the world says is, is valuable is based on the level of success that you have. And so the more money you have, the nicer the car, the bigger the house, the more successful you are, the more value you have in this world. And this is the narrative the world will teach you. But what happens when we start looking at this, this value based on our success, is we start to believe that some people are more valuable than others simply because they seem to be more successful. And so when we see that someone has a nicer car, what do we do? Like there's this thing that happened last year, more unintentionally, but someone, I don't remember who started it, but someone bought a new car. And then it was just like every family in here was buying a new car. Now there's nothing wrong with that. That's like a, a thing in our minds. But there's this thing that's, that's deep in our minds that says, 
they, they just added value in the world's eyes. And so I, I want to increase my value, so I'm going to go and buy something. I'm going to go and do something. I'm going to work hard so that I'm valued. The harder I work, the more valued I am. Right? And we constantly pursue our value in the world's eyes. But if you don't have a lot of money, or maybe you lose it all, because you can lose your material possessions very quickly in this world, and the world is very unforgiving, you can lose your house, you can, you can wreck your expensive car, and if we're basing our value based on our success, then our value will also tremble. It will also be shaken very often. In fact, our value will come and go like the wind. It will, it will be just like a roller coaster ride of, do I feel valuable in this moment? And then when something happens to you that's bad, you're like, no, I'm not valuable anymore. But it's not just the secular world that does this. It's in the church walk too. We see Christians that are going on mission trips. We have people that have better testimonies than ourselves. And as we enjoy their testimonies, we leave the room and we're like, well, if God did all that for them, why, why did he not do these smaller things for me? He must not value me as much. I must not be as valuable in the kingdom as I thought I was. Or on the other side, we think that we're more valuable than other people. We look and we're like, look what God brought me through. Look at all the mission trips that I've been on. Look at me. I, look what I've been doing for the church. Look what I've been doing for, for all these things. Look at how many people I've converted to Christianity. Look at all these different things and these numbers. Look how big my church is. Look how successful our church is. And we base our value on that. But we can't do that. We can't settle for that type of value. Because if COVID taught us anything, church attendance can quickly fall. And if we're basing our value based on our attendance, then we will surely fall in our value, in our self-value. And if you truly think that your value is based on your success in the kingdom of God, if it's based on works, then we're completely meaningless and hopeless. We're, we're without meaning and we're without hope. Because we can't outperform God. We can't outperform Him. He's all-powerful. He's almighty. He's everywhere all the time. He's all-knowing. How could you possibly do something to outperform God that is useful to building of the kingdom of God that God, our Creator, can't already do? Well, there's nothing because He created us. The only thing that we've done is mess it up with our sins. We've constantly messed it up with our sins. And even upon hearing that, some people start going down this rabbit hole and they're like, well, I, if I'm the one that messed it up, then I must not have much, much value at all. I, I must not be valued because I'm still struggling with this sin. I must not be valued because I'm still not looking exactly like a Christian should look like. I'm still not valued because of this. I'm worthless. I've messed up. And if we did that every time that we sinned, every time that we rebelled, every time we ignored God, 
would our value be? Be all over the place. It would it would go based on whatever emotion and feeling that we were experiencing that moment. Our value would be unstable. But when you look at the parable of the lost coin, despite our brokenness, despite our rebellion, despite our sins, Jesus is saying through this parable and through Luke 15, you have so much value in Christ that I will intentionally and carefully search for you. You are valuable in the eyes of Christ. And where the world says your value is based on success, Jesus says your value is based on his love. And when you truly see how valuable you are in Christ, it will move you in such a way that you will work to be successful for his kingdom. But your value will never change based on your effectiveness, based on, uh, on what you do for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your value will stay the same. But it starts with you making yourself available, with you making yourself findable. It's like Chloe's phone where it beeps 20 times a day. It's like the phone is saying, find me. And us as people, us as Christians and, and non-Christians alike, we, we are constantly saying, Lord, find me in this place. I want to feel your presence. I want to know that you're here. Like I know it in my mind, but I want to feel it. I want to experience you here. And so we're, we're constantly in this place of being searched. We constantly want to see God. But it all starts with you making yourself available. It, it, it's not only recognizing your value, but admitting that you're the one that got yourself lost in the first place. It's that you were the one that ran away. You were the one that slipped away. It's repenting of your sins, denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Christ to the end of your days. And when you realize how valuable you are in Christ, that despite you being lost, He, just like the woman and just like the shepherd, He will seek you to find you. And when you're found, heaven will rejoice. And you will celebrate too, because while you were once lost, you have now been found. But it's not because you were so great, it's because he's greater. It's not because you're a superstar, like, you might think this, and maybe you don't, and that's fine, it doesn't matter, but God in heaven when I was born didn't say, yes! When I got saved when I was five, he didn't look at me and say, yes, he's on our team. Now we're going to win, guys. No. He said, you're found. Now I'm going to use you and I'm going to make you effective for what I've called you to do. And you're going to live out your purpose. A purpose for a coin is to buy and exchange things. Your purpose is to do something for God. Because you were lost and now you're found. And so now that you're found, you can be effective. But you've got to live out your purpose. And when we do this, when we figure out that we're the, the value that we have, one, our value will never waver because his love for us never wavers. It never changes. And so we can see the value that we have without having to, to base it on how successful we are in our prayer walk how successful we are in our church ministry, 
we still have value. But let me make this really clear because it could be very easily misinterpreted what I'm trying to say. So look at me. Your value is not your salvation. Your value is not your salvation. Just because you are valued by Christ does not mean that you are saved. Our salvation comes by grace and through faith alone. It's because of Christ living and dying and rising again that we can have salvation if we make ourselves available, if we deny ourselves, if we take up our cross and we follow Him. But when you start recognizing that, you'll start to see the value that God has for the lost in our community. The value that He has for the lost in your family. The lost value that God has for those who are lost in your neighborhood, who are living right beside you. And no matter how dark, how gross, how vulgar, how, how, how deep they are into their sin and their addictions, it doesn't matter how horrible or rude they are. They, just like you, were created in the image and likeness of God, and so they also have value. In fact, you and them have the same amount of value in God's eyes. You may be more effective for building up the kingdom, but the value is still the same. They were made in the image of God, and God is seeking them to be found. He is carefully searching for them to realize their value and the love that they have, that He asked for them. He is searching for, for them to restore, to take that step, to make themselves available, to restore that broken relationship that they have between them and their Creator. And he is calling them to a greater purpose for themselves because he knows what it costs. But he also knows how effective you can be in his hands. And if you're lost, you're not in his hands. But guess what, Christian? He's using you to go and find them. We often think of this woman and the, and the lost coin and the shepherd as someone else. Someone else is going and finding. Like we, we look at the shepherd and we think of the son as Jesus, the son of God. Many people will look at this story and they'll see uh, God the Holy Spirit being the woman finding the lost coin. There's a lot of reasons for that and we'll talk about it next week. But the reality is, is that God uses his people to do his work. He's trusted us with that. We have a purpose. We have a plan. And it's greater than us because it's from God. And if you currently aren't seeking the lost, then I wonder what value you've put on them. Because the value that you put on someone determines your urgency to reach them. The value you put on someone determines your urgency to reach them. If you don't value the lost, you're not going to try and find them. You're not going to try and reach them. You'll be satisfied with the church fitting your needs and your expectations. But if you value the lost, you will take away your preferences. You'll put away all of what you know as church to be. And you will go and you will seek the lost because that's what God's called us to do. When Christ left, he left us with the great commission to go and to make disciples and to teach them and to baptize them. And if we're not doing those things, he didn't call just Peter and the disciples to do that. He called all of us to do that. 
And so if we aren't trying to reach the lost, you've got to ask yourself, are you valuing the lost in this community, in your family, in your neighborhood? He's calling you and I to go and be the hands and feet to seek his people. So let us not be the people, let us not be the church that devalues people to the point that we have no urgency to reach them. Let us be the followers, let us be the church that does whatever it takes to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people, to share the love and to share how much value they have, not only in your life, but in their creator. That we meet them where they are, just as Christ met us where we were. That we expose the church to them in their life. You know, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I hold it to be true. People should not have to walk into this church to know what this church is about. Because the church is not the walls of this building. It's not the pews that we're sitting in. It's the people that's here. And I can tell you from experience, just because I've walked around this building that's been empty, you don't live here. And if you lived here, then yes, maybe they would have to come and experience who God truly is by walking into this building. But since you go... Since you've been called to go into your job, into your life, into your family, into to your situation, we are to be the church that exposes the church to them. So church, go and be the church. Let them know Shady Grove by our love. Let us shine his light outside of these walls into all the deep and dark places. Revive, I'm praying for a revival of our urgency to reach the lost because I see how valuable they truly are. And I hope that you can find that same value in them to where you will never stop until you find them. And you reach them with urgency. Heavenly Father, We are so gracious to be in your presence. We are so thankful that you find us so valuable that you seek to find us no matter how lost we are. Lord, continue to, to call us to reach the lost with such an urgency that pleases you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.